normally, if I'm going to have a band on the show, I try to do two different songs for the Tuesday and Thursday episode. But in this case, John Agar rules. Man, I love this song so much. I wanted to play it again and open the show, open episode 18 with the Dead Alvi classic John Agar rules. I am Derek M. Cook. This is Monster Kid Radio, and this is part two of our discussion with Dr. Gang Green, a.k.a. Larry Underwood, about the John Agar film Tarantula from Universal, directed by Jack Arnold. We're going to dive back into that here in a second. Just want to kind of go over the basics again, our contact information. You can email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or call us at 503-479-5MKR. Call in let us know if you think we're doing a good job paying tribute to John Agar or any of the other films that we've talked about here on the show or let us know what films you want us to cover or whatever. You can also find us on Facebook. There's a page to like. And then there's a group to join. Links to everything that we talk about here on the show will be on our website at monsterkidradio.net. That'll include links to Dr. Gang Green's site, his Amazon author page, as well as to the page for the Dead Elvi. And I don't think I mentioned this last time around. John Agar Rules is from their album Graveland. But there's a handful of albums out there. You can find them on iTunes, Amazon, places like that. Look them up. Check them out. Another one of my favorite songs of theirs is called Creature Stole My Surfboard because, well, you know. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Also directed by Jack Arnold. And the sequel starred John Agar because, well, John Agar rules. Remember, we've got a contest going on. You can win a copy of White Zombie on Blu-ray. The deadline is August 11th for you to produce the very first official Monster Kid Radio audio promo that will play on other podcasts. Would love to hear what you guys can whip up and put together. Remember, all winning entries become property of Monster Kid Radio LLC. We're going to get into part two of our discussion of Tarantula with Dr. Gangreen here in a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you that in less than a week from now, the newest episode of 1951 Down Place, the monthly Hammer Films podcast that I do with Scott Morris and Casey Criswell, will have been released. You can learn more about that podcast at 1951downplace.com. I bring it up because in this episode of Monster Kid Radio, Casey joined us to play a round of the Classic Five. All right, so here, here's the card game. Here's the game that we do on Monster Kid Radio, Casey. It's five rapid-fire questions that have to do with, well, classic monster movies, the kind of stuff that we cover on Monster Kid Radio. I've got about 65 questions now, all written down on various note cards, shuffled randomly. I'm going to draw five questions. I'm going to ask you these questions, and you just give me the answer that comes to the top of your head as quickly as possible. You can explain them if you'd like. There's no right or wrong answer unless you disagree with me. And then at the end, well, I'll let you know what you won. Uh-oh. All right. You okay. ready? You ready? I'm All right. ready. All right. Question number one. Elvira or Vampira? Elvira. It, the terror from beyond space, or it conquered the world? It conquered the world. Uh-oh. Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing? Oh, damn it. Uh, Peter Cushing. Favorite Dick Miller role? Uh, buckets of blood. The last man on earth or the last woman on earth? Last man on earth. Excellent. Thank you for playing the classic five. Your prizes. Well, you get to pitch something. You got 30 seconds. Give us a pitch. Tell us about what you do. Uh, come check out the bloody good horror podcast. It's uh, released uh, weekly and it's, uh, we cover all the new theatrically released horror movies. So there you go. It's at bloodygoodhorror.com. There you go. Well, since he ran out of time, he also is my co-host at 1951 Down Place, so you can check us out over there. Casey, thank you for playing. Oh, thank you. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 
1951 Down Place is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Hammer? Wasn't that an 80s cop show on ABC with David Raish? This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Down Place can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com Wait, that was Sledgehammer. 1951 Down Place, the home of Hammer Films discussion. When did you first see this movie? Oh, I saw it as a kid on a television, some creature feature on TV. We had a show on afternoons called The Big Show here in Nashville. And I probably saw it. That's where I saw most of the Universal movies was um, weekday afternoons on The Big Show. Mm -hmm. So probably there. And was this something that you ended up showing when you had your own show? Because, you know, our listeners, you know, I introduced you as Dr. Gang Green. Uh, Larry has been a horror host for how many years i did it yeah, for 13 so. years i never showed tarantula i almost got to show tarantula it was one uh it was on the list of movies that i most would yeah. have had to show if i could just choose anything to show um we were offered the universal package of films uh the same ones that Spinguli was is showing uh is still showing uh has shown for the last couple of years Universal offered the station, our local WB, that same package, but we couldn't get our local sales force behind us. I didn't have the kind of support that he does up there. He works at the station, and so, you know, it's a little easier to get the uh, behind you when you work there. You know, our people, they're more interested in showing, you know, two and a half men reruns than they are supporting a new show, so they can make more money on that, you know, just going out and making sales for that. So we didn't really, uh, we weren't able to, to, pay to to get the universal package even though the sales rep offered it to us um but if they had then i would have gotten to show creature from the black moon oh. and tarantula and you know frankenstein and all the universal mm. greats i mean it would have been just the dream gig but you know like i said it didn't happen so but tarantula would have been one of the ones if i could have cherry-picked that list it would have been one of the ones I would have chosen. And when did your show? You had little interstitial pieces here and there and all that. Did you ever like fantasize about what you would do if you ever did Tarantula? Mm, no, I never really thought it through that far, although I would probably have cooked up my own giant spider <laughs> of some kind, you know, something. I would have tried to replicate the the uh, wacky experiments in some way, done something well, with that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, who, who doesn't want a giant spider? I mean, come on. Uh, or yeah, or a giant monkey. Well, there you I go. Mean, I do yeah. like the idea of a giant King Kong running around the deserts of Arizona somewhere. You know, <laughs> hopping from yeah, from mountaintop to mountaintop, <laughs> causing all those landslides. Yeah. You know, and you know, batting the mm-hmm. airplane. And I'm telling you, fan fiction right here. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. You know, John Agar being the star of this. One of my favorite memories as a horror host is actually connected with John Agar because. I did a number of tributes to yeah. John Agar on my show and then also on my YouTube channel. 
And one day, this was, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago now, I got an uh, email from John Agar the third, which was uh, John Agar's son. And he just said he wanted to thank me for everything uh, that I had done to keep his father's memory alive. And that, you know, he, he, he saw my video on YouTube um, and just really liked it. And that really meant a lot to me to, to get an email from one of his family members, his own son, saying, hey, you know, I appreciate it. As he put it, he said, my dad wasn't always in the best movies. And he knew it, but he always gave his best performance regardless. So, you know, I think that speaks to the professionalism of John Agar. And so I was carried that a step further and, and interviewed John, uh, the younger, John III, the, the yeah. younger. Uh, yeah. And uh, we ran that um, ran that interview in Scary Monsters. And that's that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier when we we're talking about the dead alibi and all that, because you did a little YouTube like compilation, you know, music video, basically, with John Agar scenes to that uh, on YouTube as well, which we're going to put a link to over at our website. Because is that still up, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it sure is. And the song is great because it lists a number of John Agar movies, just lists them right in a row. You know, it just says, uh, you know, starting with his earliest ones, and it just sort of sings through the, the catalog of Agar movies. So I, I went through and found clips from all the movies that it mentions and, and put them all together. And, yeah, it's, it came yeah, together it pretty well. it doesn't just stick to the 50s. I mean, Miracle Mile gets a mention, you know, so, so yes, I mean, it does. It, it, you know, John Igar, while he's known for these movies, he bounced around in a couple of other things here and there as well. I mean, he did some westerns, you know, with John Wayne of all people. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, they were yeah. they were friends. You know, and he, yeah, he was married. He was married to Shirley Temple right, at one point. In, America's yes, sweetheart. Yes, uh, that that yeah, it didn't end so well, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I've read his uh, biography, or I guess it's his autobiography, uh, John Igar's autobiography. It's mm. fascinating. You know, short little read. But it's really interesting to kind of see the behind the scenes of what was going on in his head, talking about how he got into acting and and that sort of thing. You know, what are some of your other favorite Agar films? Well, I love The Brain from Planet Eros. That's absolutely one of my favorites. It's just so schlocky and fun. And uh, Attack of the Puppet People is another mm. good one. Of course, the uh, Revenge of the Creature is you know one of his best. And and Tarantula and um, Oh, the uh, daughter of Doctor Jekyll. That's another. You know, one that's one I've not seen. It's good. It's out on DVD. I should check that one out. And, you know, of course, he, you, you were mentioning, should. you know, having a King Kong like thing in the desert. He was in the King Kong remake. Yes, that's right. He was. He was the mayor the, of the New 1970s York. The 1970s remake, not the Peter Jackson one. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I liked him in Night Fright. Oh, I he's love great. Night he's Fright. a sheriff that's, in that. That's one. a really sheriff good Clint one. Crawford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clint named himself named Clint yes. in that one, so maybe that was you know an allusion to uh, alluding to his uh, friendship with Clint Eastwood. I don't know. In that autobiography, they talk about how he they were friends, and uh, Clint did cast him in a couple things, you know, bit parts here and there to help him out. So, oh, okay, so. okay, good. Uh, <laughs> you, you, we were talking about uh, the sexism in some of these movies. Journey to the Seventh Planet. But that mm, one is yeah. from the early 60s, and it's filled <laughs> with all sorts of – well, his character is kind of this sleazy kind of player. Yeah, He really is. And the alien appears as all these uh, sexy women, and Agar goes in full like <laughs> – Captain, uh, like yeah. Captain Kirk mode. Captain Kirk mode, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah. he, I think sometimes Agar gets accused of kind of playing the guys – 
all the kind of the same way, you know. But I don't think that's true in these movies. I think there's there are there are layers and there's some subtleties that, that differentiate the characters, at least for me when I watch these movies. Well, he's a pretty limited actor, but what he did, he exactly. did really well. And you know, he's very charismatic, and and he very much is a, a man's man, a hero. You know, played that role in in most of his movies. So I mean, it's not his fault he was cast as the leading man in action films. Uh, science fiction action films, right. you know? So I don't hold that against him. Besides, he's just so much fun to watch. He just oozes charisma. He turns up on screen. I'm like, I'm on mm-hmm. board. I will I will go fight monsters yep. with you, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it's like with Tarantula. There's, it's got its things about it that maybe, like they could have cut down on some of the science references and gotten to some of the Tarantula action a little quicker. But when all is said and done, it it, it is definitely a fun movie. And it's a, it's a fun 50s ride. So... Um, you know, throw this on a Saturday morning, you're good to go. When you were contacted by uh, his son, um, how long ago was that? Four, maybe four or five years ago. I'm not exactly and you sure. You said you published the article, or you... yeah, uh, it came out. Do you Monsters know what issue of Scary Monsters that interview was in? Number okay. seventy-six. So, well, uh, I, I assume you can get back issues through their website. So, we'll we'll put a link to that as well if people want to check that out. I think I've got that issue mm-hmm. here as well. So, you know, I would I would yeah. recommend checking that out because I think John Agar. You know, like you said, his son, I think, nailed it. He might not have appeared in the best movies. And a lot of these movies struggled with script, you know, budget. Mm-hmm. You know, they're low-budget affairs. He was surrounded by people who really probably didn't care as much about the genre, whatever. But I think there's an earnestness, an honesty to his performances. Mm-hmm. I met Daniel Roebuck at a Horror Hound weekend a couple of years ago, and I asked him about John Agar. And, you know, Roebuck tells this story about how he met you know, John Agar and just – effused all over him and agar turned around and said hey you know i appreciate you saying you like what i do but i love what you do and he was just really supportive and you know really did not look down at the genre at this point so Mm -hmm. you know that was nice to hear because sometimes you hear these stories about these actors and actresses and these movies you love that you know they just really don't care about them or whatever it seems like agar kind of accepted his role and his place in these and just kind of enjoyed it yeah he did and and later in life especially he started making appearances and uh, going to conventions and things and out on the West Coast. And, um, you know, that's where people really got to see that he was just a regular down-to-earth yeah, guy. Um, that, oh, I would have too. That art, that article that you mentioned earlier, actually, I, that's on my oh. website. So if they just visit my website, there's a link to um, the My Scary Monsters interviews I've written are, are on there. And there's a link on the main page that says Scary Monsters. Now, so, is that, yeah, that drgangreen.com? DrGangreen.com. Okay. Right, so we'll make sure yeah. there's links to that as well. As far as the tarantula, I don't think a movie like this could be made again now without tons of CG. And I feel like you'd kind of lose some of the charm with a movie like that. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Oh, I do too. It would be a – well, it would just be a different movie. It would it would not have that same feel for sure. That that 50 – I mean this is very much a product of the 1950s, and it's got that 1950s feel to it, and that's – what makes it so? I mean, they could remake Tarantula, but it would be nothing like this. Right. I mean, they did remake uh, the Burt I. Gordon you know, movie, The Earth vs. the Spider. They did remake that in 2001. It's not very good. So I, I wouldn't want to yeah. see you know this one remade. And, you know, you mentioned it's of the 50s, but it's not like an atomic horror kind of thing. It's not some nuclear, did the, you know, some nuclear thing did this to Tarantula. This is a real concern, overpopulation, running out of food. Yeah, but it is still science. Yeah, it is science up, running that, that theme yeah, is Yeah, I just there. I think it's interesting that you say it's so 50s, but it's when you think 50s, a lot of times you think, well, an atomic radiation blast test thing happened, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's not what happens here. That's this true. is guys are no. really trying to 
better the the world by creating a giant guinea mix to eat or something. I don't know, just trying to <laughs> you know to come up with something <laughs> that's that's going to help humanity, and it still kind of gets out of control. Yeah. So maybe. I know it's just interesting to hear you say that because it is, but you know, it kind of bucks some of those stereotypes. It, it could have been interesting also had the formula worked the same on the humans as it did the animals, you know, and had it made humans grow right. giant also, because then you could have had giant people walking. Well, now around, you're definitely in Earth versus a spider territory or Bert I Gordon territory, because that's all he did was, <laughs> you know, giant animals and colossal men and all this other stuff. So, you know, which that's true. It's good stuff. Translate is, is one of the best of, of oh, its yeah. genre. Definitely, for sure. definitely. And I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to watch it. And I'm glad you brought it up and that you suggested it because you know, it's been so long since I had revisited it. I have it on DVD. It's one of those DVDs that you pick up because you're like, oh, I got to have this in my collection. And then it sits on your shelf in mm-hmm. the shrink wrap for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that original, I'll tell you, that original uh, box set of the um, Universal, what's it called? The Classic Science Fiction Collection? Yeah. Something like that is worth a little bit of money because it's out of print and now they've reissued it and they've put out a volume one and a volume yeah. two. And that's, that's two. how I have it is it's uh, the two volumes. I don't have it. as the big box set. Yeah. But that original box set is the one that I bought. I don't have volume two, but yeah, it's something good to have, but you know, I can't help but feel sorry for the tarantula because the poor guy never had a chance. I mean, John Agar and Clint Eastwood combined against the might of the tarantula. It had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. John Agar and Clint Eastwood, you know, the formidable team. What will make sure Clint Eastwood appears in the fan fiction? We'll make sure that fighter pilot okay, shows up. There you go. <laughs> Maybe he <laughs> and John right. Agar's character went to flight school together. You know, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tarantula two. <laughs> I, I like don't it. Know. Desert mm-hmm. boogaloo. I don't know something. I don't know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm digging it. And there'll be well, zombies. Just because yeah, you're the zombie guy. You know. And speaking of which, John Agar did yeah. fight zombies in Invisible Invaders, another great John Agar film. So, That's right. So that there is you a go. Good one. John Agar can lick a giant tarantula and zombies and tarantula as well. <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've talked about fan fiction. We've talked about writing. You are now doing a lot mm-hmm. of writing. Can people find out about that on your website? I am. They can, yeah. Um, it's something that I've kind of always wanted to do and just sort of been in the back of my mind. So um, I've done various different things, and this is sort of something new, writing some short stories. And uh, I, I post about those on my blog as well, on my, on my website. So yeah, come by drgangreen.com. You can find out the latest thing that I've been doing and putting out. I've been kind of following your lead and putting these out through Kindle, through uh, Amazon right. Kindle. It's kind of fun. You know? Yeah, and people can find you on Amazon by looking up Larry Underwood, right? That's that's how you're listed there. That's right. And then you've been doing a regular yeah. article. Is it every month you do or every issue in Scary Monsters? Yeah, they're quarterly. So, yeah, it's, it's a regular column in there where it's – sometimes it's an interview. Sometimes it's a article about a certain movie or topic. But, um, but yeah, it's a regular column in Scary Monsters and magazine. And I do want to point – our listeners in the direction of one of the my favorite articles that you've that you've written and that was the origin who really created the design of the frankenstein monster mm-hmm. yeah Pierce. that thanks i had a lot of fun writing that, that one, one that you. one appeared in uh man i've got the issue in my bag right here in front of me i don't know the issue, but yeah next to yeah. last issue from when we're doing yeah. this podcast but um, uh is that available on your website <laughs> as well at least a, a point in the direction should be adding it soon so maybe by the time so keep an out. eye out for that you guys go check that out if you're interested in the frankenstein monster and to learn a little bit more about jack pierce and what went on behind the scenes and the, in terms of the creation of the of the beast and you know check that out as well and again mm-hmm. link in the show notes for all of this so 
Uh, do you have anything else coming up in 2013 that we should talk about? I'll always be getting into something and writing about it on the website so people can just check there and find out what's Definitely. going on. And we'll have you back on Monster Kid Radio in the future, time allowing. You, you just got to pick another movie I haven't watched in a while so I can get that kind of warm glow. I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember <laughs> this one. This one was great. Well, if we can go a little further into the future, we'll, we'll pick an Amicus oh, yeah. film and tackle Sounds that. Sounds good. Can't say it enough. Thanks to Dr. Gangreen for joining us, and thank you for listening to Monster Kid Radio. I originally had something different planned for next week's episode, but an opportunity for an interview came up. So next week, I have a special guest. Writer Paul McComas is going to be joining us here on the show. He is one of the biggest fans of all things Lon Janey Jr. He just released a novel called Fit for a Frankenstein with co-writer Greg Sterrett. Paul's story when it comes to his fandom and appreciation for Lon Chaney Jr. is fascinating to me. And we're going to talk about that on next week's episodes of Monster Kid Radio. The week after that, I'm doing something different. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not extend to the song John Agar Rules by the Dead Elvi, which you're going to hear in its entirety right now, courtesy of the band. Talk to you in a couple of days. Stand out.